I'm your host, Annie Bowles, and this is News Du Jour. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the News Du Jour. So today we have another interesting game plan. We are going to be covering two different true crime stories up at the top, and then we'll be going over two different statements by President Biden that have people scratching their heads, not too happy, etc. Let's dive in. So first up, of course, we are going to talk about the Adnan Saeed case. Okay, so how many of you guys listened to the podcast Serial? I know I did. It pretty much swept the nation and was a lot of people's very first podcast that they listened to. I cannot be sure 100% what was the first podcast I listened to, but this was definitely one of the first, if not the very first. If you haven't listened to it, you definitely should. It will suck you in immediately and will not let you go. But in case you didn't listen to it or simply need a refresher, Serial tells the story of a young woman in Baltimore who was killed back in 1999. And a young man who may have killed her or may not have. Many people confess to going back and forth while listening to Serial on whether or not they think Adnan Saeed killed Heyman Lee based on the evidence presented in this podcast. It really feels like it could have gone either way, but one thing is for certain the vast majority of people think that there is doubt and a lot of it. Let's walk through some of the biggest holes in this case. So first of all, Adnan had a lawyer who was distracted at the time. She was battling cancer and she failed to call key witnesses or explore their statements fully, such as the vital Asia McLean, who provides a veritable alibi for Adnan based on the timeline of events the prosecution presented in his trial. And she has no known motive to come forward other than to tell the truth. She's someone who definitely should have been licked into heavily and probably should have testified during this trial. Number two, the conviction all hangs on one person's eyewitness testimony, and that person is Jay Wiles. Jay was investigated by the police first. He confessed to having buried Hay with Adnan, but he said that Adnan killed her 
all by himself. Jay led police to her car, which they had been searching for, which means he was very likely involved in some way, shape, or form. Otherwise, how would he know where the car was? But was he the one who killed Hay? He got off without any jail time in exchange for cooperating with the police and testifying against Adnan, despite the fact that his story changed in major ways just about every time he told it. Number three, cell phone evidence was presented in trial and it was definitely flawed. In court, they presented it like it was fact. But during the podcast investigation, it was discovered and confirmed that incoming calls are not accurate when it comes to predicting location. They were used in the trial to convict someone for life. And honestly, that was like the biggest evidence they had. The shaky eyewitness testimony and the cell phone calls. None of this is direct evidence linking Ednon to the scene of a crime or to Hayes' murder. So they basically convicted him over the eyewitness testimony. Again, shaky eyewitness testimony. And I believe, actually, don't quote me on this, but I believe that since then, the AT&T representative who testified at the trial, he was actually not aware that the incoming calls were not accurate. And he since has made some type of a formal declaration that he was wrong. So that will definitely be factored into another trial should it happen. And the number four, there was DNA in this case, multiple pieces of DNA and they did not match Adnan. So those are kind of the biggest holes in the case. And so, you know, so many people when hearing that podcast just thought, how is this man convicted of this? And he was only 17 at the time. He's been in jail for 23 years of his life. Adnan is charismatic. There's no denying it. And he was her ex-boyfriend. But that doesn't mean that he kills Hay. And now he will actually be getting a new trial. As of yesterday, and our patrons heard it first via our breaking news alerts. If you want breaking news alerts, become a patron of this podcast. Link in our show notes. A judge vacated the conviction Adnan Saeed was released from prison and prosecutors now have 30 days to decide whether or not to refile the charges and commence with a new trial. Here is what the Baltimore DA had to say about the decision. Since the inception of my administration, I've made it clear that the sole mission of my office is to safeguard communities in Baltimore through the effective prosecution of crime. And in order to fulfill this mission, our prosecutors have been sworn to not only aggressively advocate on behalf of victims of crime, but when the evidence exists, to exonerate those that have been falsely accused or convicted. My sentencing review unit is responsible for the year-long collaborative investigation into this case, 
and today's motion to vacate the conviction of Adnan Saeed. At this stage, a trial has been set, set in for a new trial date, because we're not yet declaring, not yet declaring Adnan Saeed is innocent, but we are declaring that in the interest of fairness and justice, he is entitled to a new trial. And because this is an ongoing case, there are limits to what I can say in this matter, but it is imperative that we start the process of securing a new trial with adequate representation for Mr. Saeed to ensure that the family of Ms. Heyman Lee knows with full confidence that the person responsible for her death and the death of their loved one will be held accountable. For our next crime-related story for today, we are discussing Sherry Papini. So a woman by the name of Sherry Papini, a wife and mother of two, went missing back in 2016. The community really embraced her family and swung into action, sending funds to help find her and rewards for her safe return. When she did finally return, she was bruised, branded, and emaciated. She was telling police that she had been held against her will, abducted, but her story, it didn't seem to add up. And slowly, investigators felt more and more like it may have never happened. Once it was confirmed via DNA sample that she had been at her ex-boyfriend's house for the whole ordeal, they called him in for questioning. There were never two Hispanic women, quote-unquote, who abducted her, as she had previously stated, but she had simply camped out at her ex's home for the entirety of her quote-unquote kidnapping. Meanwhile, the police were using every tool at their disposal to try to find her. It's unclear what, if any, role her husband may have played in all of this, but a GoFundMe campaign raised a ton of money for the family, which they used to pay off credit card bills and, among other unrelated things. And now, as of yesterday, Sherry Papini was sentenced to 18 months in prison over the hoax, and she will also have to serve three years of supervised probation after being released and pay $309,000 in restitution. Unfortunately, her family has put out statements saying that she is a pretty disturbed person and that they're hoping she gets mental health assistance as well. This story is one that if you want to deep dive into it, I'm sure there are podcast episodes about it. I don't know of any, but I have listened to Kendall Ray on YouTube cover this story. She has more than one YouTube video about it. So if you want to know more about the details of this case, head to YouTube. And next up, we're going to discuss some strong declarations by President Biden. So first up, Taiwan. Biden, on 60 Minutes on Sunday, said that the U.S. would certainly defend Taiwan militarily should China attack it. Unlike how we have responded when it comes to Ukraine, for example. 
Now, this is something he has said before, but he said it in a very definitive way this time, leaving zero room for doubt or confusion. And this definitely has some people scratching their head. Why Taiwan? Why this strong uh, verbiage? Why now? You know, do we really want to be sending troops to another foreign place for the sake of quote unquote democracy when we just got all of our troops out of Afghanistan, something that, you know, was ongoing for so many years and really didn't see any success? So a lot of people's heads are reeling over this declaration, even though it's not really the first time this has been said. It's just the first time it's been said in such a definitive way. The other thing that he said on 60 Minutes was about COVID-19. And the president responded to a question saying, quote, the pandemic is over, end quote. And it has caused quite a stir. While the pandemic, in an emergency sense, does seem to be over, practically no one wears a mask anymore, and anyone who wants to be vaccinated is vaccinated. But for those in the healthcare community or science community, the pandemic is still ongoing, and there's hundreds, if not thousands, of people dying of COVID in our country every day. And that community is very worried that declaring the pandemic to be over could cause people to let their guard down right before winter, which may cause new variants to spring up. Both of these statements were made in quick succession and have a lot of people asking a lot of questions. So I just wanted to clue you guys in on that. A president's wording is always important, always impactful, and will always be scrutinized with a fine-tooth comb. So anything super intense and definitive like these two statements is going to be talked about. So one to clue you guys in on all the things to consider when it comes to those two statements, and that is the news du jour. Today, I wanted to leave you guys with the quote, Many can withstand adversity, but if you want a true test of someone's character, give them power. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider becoming a patron of our podcast. For $7.99 a month, you can unlock tons of perks like breaking news text messages so that you're never out of the loop, tons of bonus episodes are already up there ready for you to binge, and a discussion board full of networking opportunities and much more. Go to www.patreon.com forward slash sugar-free media today to become a patron. This is the best way to support our show. Our patrons make news du jour possible. But a couple other ways to support our podcast are rate and review on whatever podcast platform you use to listen, share on your social media, you have influence, tell your friends, family, and colleagues that you love news du jour and why you listen. You can also follow us on social media under sugarfreemedia.co on Instagram, just sugarfreemedia, all one word on TikTok, and sugarfree underscore media on Twitter. We also have a weekend newsletter called Dreamers Digest that's full of dreamy content recommendations for your weekend and a life update from yours truly. Sign up today on our website, 
www.sugarfreemedia.co. Our music is by Joey Lavoie and Nicholas Foster. Our cover art is by Hannah Pierce Photography. Our Sugar Free Media logo is by Katherine Jezik Designs. Any twinkling or little footsteps you might hear in the background are by my dog, Rhett. He's a rescue pup and always records with me. We appreciate you listening and look forward to telling you about the news again next time on News Du Jour. Broadcasting from... Oh, oh.